the Rocktail Hour, an hour's worth of rocking good time in about 10 to 15 minutes with your buddies Tim, Treg, and Michael. In each Rocktail Hour, we bring you the stories behind the greatest songs in rock and roll history and other interesting ruminations about the songs and the music that have inspired us over the years. In today's Rocktail Hour, Michael is going to tell us the story behind Sympathy for the Devil by the Rolling Stones. Thanks, Tim. Yeah, you know, I was trying to find uh, Rolling Absolutely. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Another one of those interesting, uh, I think you hit on with one of the hooks of the song. Absolutely. Right? And we've talked in a lot of Rocktail Hours how these, you know, turn it up in Leonard Skinner. Uh, and the one that we just did, Helter Skelter, Helter Skelter yeah. at yeah. the end with, with Ringo saying, I got blisters on my fingers. Right. Sometimes yeah. these things that, that are really the hooks in the song are some of the most interesting key parts just kind of come out of nowhere. And apparently this one, I believe it was Keith's girlfriend who was in the studio and singing Woo Hoo and they ended up using it. Wow. And, That's and, uh, great. This song is obviously what it's about. It's a it's a narrative told in the first person, and uh, Mick is telling it from the perspective of Lucifer, and Lucifer extolling his exploits through human history and kind of the destruction that he has wrought upon the human race through all of these uh, horribly evil events. Um, I mean, really, it's a tour de force of you know, some of the greatest atrocities uh, that mankind has inflicted on itself. Talks about the European wars of religion and its reference to the war that was fought for 10 decades. And it talks about the Russian Revolution in the line, killed the czars and his ministers. It talks about World War II. I rode a tank, held a general's rank when the Blitzkrieg raged and the bodies stank. You know, all of these things are, you know, obviously some of the low points of human history. And the song is told by Lucifer, who's kind of relishing the fact that all of these things have happened and almost as if he's bragging, look at my handiwork. It also talks about, you know, who killed the Kennedys. After all, it was you and me. Uh, interestingly, the song was written prior to Bobby Kennedy's assassination. And the original line was, who killed Kennedy? And they then changed it after Bobby was murdered to update the song and make it more contemporary with the line, Who Killed the Kennedys? Interesting. Was it recorded with the original lyrics? That's a good question. I, th I believe it was actually in the process of being recorded when Bobby was killed. Oh, wow. So that's really what the, the narrative is. What, what the song was inspired by, uh, there's a couple different schools of thought as to what inspired it. Uh, there's, a, there's a book called The Master and the Margarita by Mikhail Bulkakov. It's a considered one of the classic novels of the 20th century, and it has uh, the, the key character in there is a sophisticated uh, Satan who comes to visit atheistic uh, Moscow, the Soviet Union, uh, and he's you know the the man of wealth and taste. There's also been an interview with Mick where he said he thinks it has to do with uh, some Baudelaire poetry, but every time he looks at his Baudelaire books, he can't find the reference, so he's not really sure that's where it came from. <laughs> so it's either this, it's either Baudelaire or, you know, or uh, Soviet satire literature. Uh, but either way, really, like, the song is more poetry based in historical reference uh, to come to a, a central theme about what is evil. And I think that one of the things I like about having researched a song was that Keith said, you know, this is a great song. You know, a lot of people kind of think that it's, it has a darkness to it, which it does. But Keith said it's about evil. And Keith's quote was, I've looked evil in the face many times. Yeah. <laughs> right. 
I don't think this song is in any way praising or extolling the devil. In fact, I think it's an, an indictment of evil. I don't know what the song means, but here is kind of the way I've personally interpreted it over the years. There's some irony, I think, in this song, in that um, the song keeps asking the question, won't you guess my name? Well, obviously the reference there is that we're talking about the devil. But when he says, won't you guess my name, I think throwing the question back to us as society, and I think that by saying, look at all the evil that man has perpetrated just in the last you know, few centuries, and won't you guess my name? Well, you're looking in the mirror, folks. It's you. That's who we're really talking about. Um, Tim, I think you are exactly right. Obviously, I think we know that that is kind of the point because there's the line, who killed the Kennedys? Well, after all, it was you and me, right? Right. It, it, that it's us. What I find consistent about each of the, you know, the horrible things that have happened to humanity is that it's not things that have happened to humanity, it's things that humanity has done, yes. right? It's not natural disasters that killed tens of thousands of people. They're talking about afflictions and atrocities that man has created. And so really, it, it brings this idea of uh, evil being within us. As the song starts to conclude, there's the, there's the stanza, just as every cop is a criminal and all the sinners saints, as heads as tails, just call me Lucifer because I'm in need of some restraint. And so it's that evil is within everybody. That it's kind of this idea of the good and evil, the dualism that, of that being within us. Right. Reminds me of the song, and here's another great song, at least in my opinion, and that's In Excess, uh, The Devil Inside, mm. uh, where it talks about the duality of man. You know, we all have the ability to be good, inherently good. Every single all, one of us, the devil inside. Right, and that's a very, uh, to me, that was a very powerful statement in the 80s. But when you take and you look at this song, uh, again, we talk about the music, and music is great. And, and when I said icing on the cake, I really do mean icing on the cake, because Mick Jagger did an incredible job of crafting the words uh, to create imagery and to really make what I think is a very, very profound point in illuminating all of the ways that man has taken its toll on itself. I just think this song comes out of the 60s, and it was a time when you know there was a lot of uh, self-introspection uh, on the behalf of society, where you were sort of moving away from the 50s and, and, and moving into a different era, and, and even some of the older generation starting to recognize that some of the ways of the past were a little outdated and, and were, in fact, not necessarily the right way to, to go. And so there was a lot of, of social change, and I think this song reflects some of those attitudes by recognizing a lot of potential for good, but we also need to do a lot better. It's interesting that written at that time, it doesn't talk about things like civil rights or Vietnam or some of the other things that were contemporary at the time. There's too many, too many things. Too many to, evils. Yeah, too many evils to talk about. And I hate to use the word like the lyrics, but I'm very impressed uh, with the lyrics where it talks about the general driving a tank and the bodies that stank. And I just the way those words flow together and the meaning that comes out from that and the impact that it has on the listener. Again, just very, very good. Yeah, I was having a conversation the other day with a, with an attorney who, I don't know why he asked me this, but he said, do you think people are inherently good or inherently evil? And I think the answer from this song is that they're both. Yeah, especially attorneys, inherently <laughs> evil. <laughs> In terms of the music, this song actually started off as a folk song. Right. I mean, the first time 
that some of the band members heard it was just Mick playing it on his guitar, and it had a kind of a folk, you know, roll picking roll to it. The song ended up morphing into this samba rhythm, mm-hmm. right? And and what's fascinating to me is that what Mick says is that the reason that they decided upon a samba rhythm was because it has this kind of Afro um, Caribbean um, what we can what white people would consider as a black type rhythm and mix almost like voodoo yeah and exactly a mixed statement was that and when when white people hear that rhythm they feel something sinister oh. so he's actually playing upon the prejudices that he thought white people had at the time to bring them into this feeling of sinister and evil by essentially playing playing upon their bigotry yeah. Amazing. The I thought you were going to tell us that Samba music was inherently evil well, because of the evilness of Samba. <laughs> but no, that would be disco. Oh yeah, there you go. Been there. The, this the song. You know what it's not about is is Satanism and the the worship of, of Satan. But you know clearly that's how a lot of people uh, interpreted the song, and there was a kind of a groundswell of social. Uh, opposition mm-hmm. to this song by religious groups. You know what this discussion reminds me of? And actually, every time I hear this song, it reminds me of a uh, Saturday Night Live skit when Mick Jagger was on. Yes. And Mike Myers. Do you uh, remember this? Mike Myers is sitting at the feet of Mick Jagger, and Mike Myers says, So, Mick, are you now, or ever have, or have you ever been the devil? <laughs> <laughs> I said it. And Mick Jagger says, well, yes, I have many names, you know, Scratch and Lucifer and it goes on. But it's just, you know, playing upon that rumor that, that you know, that the Rolling Stones is all about the devil. I, I saw that episode. And, and what I thought was funny about that is that they had a, a segment where David Spade interviewed uh, Mick Jagger. And, and David Spade was supposed to feign a little bit of fear of Mick Jagger. Like they were all just a little bit uneasy and afraid around him. And I'm not 100% sure all of them were acting. I think they were some of them that were just <laughs> genuinely terrified to be around Mick Jagger and couldn't get away from him soon enough. That's funny. Because he, kind of he is kind of an odd fellow in many ways, but I think I might be a little uneasy around him myself. You know what else? My recollection is right that uh, in that same skit with Mike Myers, um, after they talk a little bit about the devil, I think that Mike Myers starts asking him economics questions. Because <laughs> I think Mick Jagger has a degree in economics, right? And so he, he goes on to talk you know, macroeconomics with Mick Jagger. <laughs> <laughs> well, and Mike Myers does a spot-on impression of Mick Jagger oh, yeah, that's yeah. just hilarious. And I think I think there was a, a, a segment in Saturday Night Live where they kind of did that as well. Much and, like and they had, and they had Mick Jagger, who was dressed up as Keith Richards, and doing yeah. his impersonation of Keith. Yeah, good stuff. Yeah, that's great. The the negative associations uh, with this song weren't helped at all by the fact that um, the Rolling Stones were, of course, playing Altamont Speedway, and I believe it was '69 when they had uh, regrettably hired the Hell's Angels to work security for them, and that's uh, right. one of the fans was stabbed and killed by uh, one of the security folks. Um, this song was actually, it was widely publicized that, that the Stones were playing Sympathy for the Devil when that stabbing occurred. It wasn't true at all that they played it earlier in the night and they were actually playing Under My Thumb. But because of the outcry 
you know, of course, people thinking it's the music made them do it or it yeah. contributed yeah. to it. The, the Stones actually stopped playing Sympathy uh, for the entire 72-73 tour uh, because they didn't want to offend people. <laughs> well, and there's a lot of interesting things coming out of this podcast. I'm starting to sort of draw some connections. You know, you had Woodstock, which was this sort of love fest where everybody got along and it was great. Well, and then you invite the Stones to something like that and look what happens. <laughs> Coincidence? I don't know. <laughs> Interesting vignette of this song was during during the recording of the song, the studio actually caught on fire. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, oh my god! When they played the song, I think it was on the Steel Wheels tour. Um, Mick uh, was playing from a section on the stage, and they actually had a fire going next to him. Right, so I mean, the, <laughs> the fire has been with this song from the beginning through, you know, through, through contemporary. That's fantastic. Times. And you know, we're doing a podcast on this song tonight, and my car got ran into this morning. So <laughs> maybe we need to stop. <laughs> Welcome to Rockdale, mm. or tonight we're going to talk about Pat Boone. <laughs> yeah, nothing bad happens when you talk about Pat Boone. Yeah. <laughs> Well, thanks, Michael. Uh, I am really pleased that you picked that song to talk about. Uh, I, I was wondering when we were going to do a Rolling Stones song, and that is a perfect song uh, to sort of segue into the Stones, so I appreciate that. Um, to all of our listeners, thank you for tuning in again. We appreciate uh, your, your following us. Again, go out and like us on Facebook if you hadn't had the opportunity. You can email us with any song requests at dudes at rocktailhour.com. You can leave a posting on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter. Again, please, if you have the opportunity and you're interested in, in purchasing one of the songs that we are uh, featuring in a podcast, you can link to iTunes through our website, www.rocktailhour.com. And uh, until the next episode, rock on. Mm -hmm.